Welcome to Jesus Unmasked, an invitation to join a search for the living Christ in scripture and our lives. In Jesus Unmasked, we believe that Jesus would wear a mask during the time of COVID, and so should everyone. Yet in this podcast, we seek to remove the masks of exclusive theology and violent cultural lenses that obscure the truth that Jesus is unconditional love. In the unmasked face of Jesus, there is hope, acceptance, and forgiveness that frees us from fear that we may live into our fullest selves as reflections of God's love. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Jesus Unmasked Bible Study here on the Raven Foundation page and the Clackamas United Church of Christ page. Happy New Year. Happy 2021. I'm glad to be in 2021, I think although today has been quite a day. Yes, it has definitely been quite a day. So, well, Happy New Year. I'm glad to be in 2021 as well. <laughs> um, some, some excitement today over in uh, DC, and um, we want everybody to know that we are, um, hi Colton, it, it's, it's good to see you. Uh, it's been, it's been a very strange day uh, with protests over at the uh, at the Capitol building, and uh, of course, hi Melanie, good to see you. Uh, of course, we are praying for peace, uh, hoping for peace, and um, uh, already there's been one person who's shot. I haven't heard her story, but uh, this I've gotten messages from folks at the church uh, saying that they are praying hard, and um, Nilsa, yep what a day. Um, so uh, we, yep, Stephanie, thank you. We are praying for the woman uh, who she lost her life. I didn't hear that she lost her life. Um, so we, we pray for peace. Um, those aren't protesters, bro. Yes, Nilsa, thank you. Um, I don't know. I, I'm still trying to process all of the things and um, don't know what to say. Don't know what to call these people. Don't know um don't know so uh anyway we're here to do some bible study amidst the chaos of the events of today um hopefully we'll have something something to say that's uh that's good in these times um so uh thank you all for being here and if you have comments or questions about uh this text um we will we'll bring those in as well so this is the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, uh, Jesus's baptism, and uh, sometimes there's a baptism by water, and sometimes there's a baptism by fire, and uh, we're both baptisms uh, birth something new into our world, and they are not always comfortable, this birthing something new. And maybe we are seeing something birthed new today. Hopefully it's uh, something for the better. Um, but we'll have more to say on that. Right. Um, you know, this in the midst of the violence and chaos in our world, um, we, we, briefly we, we briefly wondered whether we could really speak today, but... You know, this is this is about um, the beginning of something new, and um, and 
an immersion into a whole new life. That's what baptism is. And I, I mean, we've never needed it more. So, so it felt right to just go ahead and, and talk about, um, immersing ourselves into a new life of love in the midst of all this chaos. I mean, that's exactly what Jesus does. He comes into the midst of chaos um, to renew it from the inside out. So that's what baptism is about, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I like it. You want to go ahead and read the, the passage? Yes, I'll go ahead and read. So um, we pick up today with uh, the baptism of Jesus, which is Mark chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the throng of his sandals, the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Kim says uh, we need some peace and sanity right now. So, um, and Stephanie says, quote, immerse yourself in new life of love. Uh, I think, Lindsay, you put it perfectly there. So um, what are we going to say about this passage? <laughs> what, do you, what, what is it about this passage that strikes you, Lindsay? Um, well, uh, you know, it hadn't struck me before, but um, this time reading and preparing for it, one of the things that really strikes me is that um, as Jesus comes out of the water, he sees the heavens torn apart. You know, when we think about, <laughs> when we think about God tearing the heavens apart, you know, instead of a lightning bolt of vengeance, instead of, it, it's a violent action to tear the heavens apart, something, you know, order is being torn apart, but not for the sake of war, for the sake of peace. We see a dove descending, you know, the, the breaking in of God um, and literally ripping, <laughs> ripping the skies apart to come and be with us is not the violence and vengeance that we're seeing in our nation's capital. It's, it's, a symbol of peace, a dove, and a proclamation that Jesus is loved. And, you know, that proclamation extends to all of us. 
God breaks into the world with a sign of peace and a message of love. And um, I mean, don't we need to hear that right now? Exactly right now. Well, I'm glad that you began with that um, because this tearing of the heavens apart um, happens later in the gospel of Mark too, not just here at Jesus's baptism, but it also happens at the cross. Um, when Jesus dies, it says that the curtain in the temple was torn in two, just like the heavens here. And why does that matter? Because it was the curtain in the temple, same thing that's like the heavens here, the curtain in the temple was the thing that separated the, you from God right? So the thing that separates us from the divine, or that we think separates us from the divine, is torn apart at the beginning of, of Jesus's ministry and at the end of Jesus's ministry. So we typically think of, of God as this watchmaker that's way up here and creates the watch or the world and then lets it go. And there's this great divide between us. But what we see in the Jewish scriptures and here in the life of and in the death of Jesus is that God is not somewhere way out there unconcerned about the events of the world. God is radically present here with us. And I think that's what the tearing, it's like, it's not just a tearing of like the heavens or the, or the veil. It's a tearing of our understanding of who God is, right? No longer can we think that God is unconcerned way out there. God is intimately present here with us. Yes, yes, amen. I mean, when you think about the division between humanity and God being um, dissolved in that kind of way, being being just torn up so that it doesn't exist anymore, I think that sounds like a wonderful thing because because I've I've grown up in um, in the light of of Jesus who shows us that God is love and I've I've wrestled with that I've wrestled with the idea of a violent God but I'm just thinking about how um, how terrifying it would be. Um, to not fully understand that, for the barrier between God and humanity to be dissolved, I mean, that's like breaking down a barrier between safety and this almighty power that humanity might not feel ready for. Um, it's, it's, you know, when God comes among us and the barrier between human and divine collapses, you know, that's, that can be scary. That doesn't necessarily, you know, not everyone would necessarily welcome that. Um, the veil in the temple could be a very comforting thing. The, you know, any kind of barrier that separates us from, from that kind of power if we see that kind of power as wrath or vengeance or punishment, um, you know, to know that power as love and bringing us to the fulfillment of our deepest selves, 
you know, we welcome the breakdown of the barrier between the human and the divine, but um, I think it's a hard realization, a hard reality to come to. One that we, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's why your emphasis on where God says, uh, you are my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased is, is so important because as Stephanie says, immerse yourself in a new life of love. God comes, there's this great Catholic spiritual teacher, Henry, Henry Nouwen uh, from the 20th century. And uh, Nouwen says in his, life, in his book, Life of the Beloved, that the words that God speaks to Jesus are the words that God speaks to all of us, uh, which is, you are my beloved child with whom I am well pleased. Uh, so how to, how to, uh, it, amidst all of the different messages that we've received from God in the past that we have to unlearn, that, that God doesn't call you God's beloved child, that you have to do something or earn something in order to be loved by God and also by your fellow human beings. This is like the the spirituality of, um, of of you have to merit this. Um, that's not what this is about. This is God always coming to us, saying, "You are my beloved child, with whom I'm well pleased," because God is love, as First John tells us. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you said, Lindsay, uh, was that this love brings us back to our true selves. Yeah, I, I guess I did say that. I, that sounds like me. <laughs> yes. Well, I just think that in the, in the chaos of the moment of today, maybe that is one of the big issues that we are seeing throughout the United States, is that we are not connected with our true selves. And we're seeing that play out on this particular day. That's, uh, yes, that's, that's so important. Um, you know, um, you know, the, the people storming the Capitol have been called, they've been called protesters, they've been called rioters, they've been called, they've been called thugs, they've been called a lot of things, and they have called those of us who don't want to join them plenty of things too. Um, when we are reminded of the fact that we are made in love, that we are made in the image of love, that at our essence we are, we are loved and beloved, um, when we know that, then we know that at everyone's essence there is love. And um, what is happening right now is not loving but the core of all of us is love and you know i can't imagine i can't personally imagine right now what must be going through the heads of people who are so afraid of where this country is going that they feel like they would have to um try to um try to challenge the results of an election that have been made very clear and um you know and they, they must think they're standing on behalf of democracy i'm sure some think they're they're standing on behalf of jesus too but 
you know, to be so afraid um, to, to go and try to violently overturn what is happening. Um, I can't imagine that fear. I feel like whether they know it or not, they must be disconnected um, from, from love at the core of their being. But, you know, I can't just single them out as if I'm fully connected to love as well. Um, I feel like if we really knew that, then it's not like all our, our disagreements would just disappear. But I feel like we would be able to come together in a constructive way to talk through and, and understand each other and avoid this kind of, of deadly confrontational spirit. Um, with all of that said, I think there are certainly things worth risking ourselves for worth protesting in mass numbers for, worth marching for. Um, um, <laughs> I just, I disagree with this particular cause. Yeah. But, you know, and I disagree with carrying guns into the midst of it too. I disagree with, with um, any kind of violent means. I mean, when I was listening to this, it talked about how the Capitol is cordoned off. Um, you know, you have to climb gates and you have to, and there's a pandemic going on. I mean, that's part of the reason that this should be the house of the people where anyone can go, but not in like a mob like fashion where you're literally bursting down doors. And um, yeah, it, it, it takes a lot of, um, I don't know, it, it must, people must really be afraid of the change that is coming. And we don't even know what that change is. We don't really, we don't know. Um, we don't know where things are going to go from here. I wanna be an instrument of change myself, just not in the same direction. Um, but to be so afraid of the future that we're willing to be willing to resort to violent means to overturn a democratic election is um that's uh, that's pretty scary, and that that shows to me a lack of of trust in love, making all things work together for good. Yeah, Anita says, if what happened today isn't a textbook example of racial inequality in America, then I don't know what, how else to make it any more clear. My beliefs, my beliefs have been shaken. I can only have faith in the message of rebirth and that that is what we are experiencing right now. The better things are coming. Uh, that's, that's my hope too, Anita, yeah. Georgia said, I listened to the speeches that were made before the march to the quote, march to the Capitol. Uh, there was no love slash loving message. Um, I, I only heard a few quotes from a certain politician uh, during, <laughs> during that, uh, those speeches and uh, not, not very loving. Uh, that's for sure, Georgia. Um, 
few other things that uh, I see in this passage that I think are really important um, and might be helpful for, as Lindsay's talking about, um, the future and how we move forward. Um, uh, it, at the beginning, um, John has the baptism for repentance. And if you are like me, you hear the word repentance and something tenses in your body. You get the shivers, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Repentance is not a good progressive Christian word. But what it simply means is, uh, in, in Greek, is change your mind. Change your mind. Uh, it's, it's not necessary. It's not so much about morals. It, repentance is, has come to be known as this. Uh, you're bad and you need to ask for forgiveness or God's out to get you. That's not what repentance means here. Repentance means change your mind. The first thing that I think Jesus is trying to get us to change our minds about, to repent of, is this, what Lindsay's been talking about, uh, this violent view of God, right? God is not out to get you. Change your mind. Unlearn all of those uh, toxic, uh, violent theologies that we have learned in the past that lead us to be toxic and violent towards one another. Um, you know, the ways that religious folk have used religion as a weapon uh, against others, including our as Anita says, our, um, our, our black siblings, uh, our brown siblings, uh, the ways that religion, uh, Christians tragically continue to use white supremacy and Christianity, fuse those two together, is one of the great sins of our modern world. And uh, we need to, that's something we need to change our minds about. Is that um, is that Christianity could ever be used as a weapon against someone else? That's the metanoia, the repentance that John the Baptist is trying to get at. the The second thing that I see here is that what John is doing is not at the temple, right? It's not at the religious establishment. In fact, John goes away from the religious establishment because he sees it's corrupt. The political, the temple is the political, economic, and religious establishment of first century Judaism. And John, as a prophet within his Jewish tradition, says this place is um, corrupt, and we're going to take this somewhere else, out to the wilderness, because that's where we're going to meet God with one another. So there's this anti-temple, anti what we might call today modern day church, right? Mm -hmm. Anti-religious establishment move here by John um, saying, we're going to go find God out in the wilderness with one another. Yeah. I mean, such the opposite of storming the Capitol and the halls of power, isn't it? To, to, um, to go not where the echo chamber of violence and vengeance and the ways of a world that trap you in cycles of of um anger and fear and hatred of one another um you know but to go out into the wilderness um where you can be away from that kind of um cacophonous echo chamber of hatred just for a while, you know, 
these people aren't going to build tents and live in the desert. They're going out into the desert to change their minds, to change their understandings of God. And I don't know if they know what it means as they gather in the wilderness by the Jordan, um, which is the river that um, symbolizes a crossing into a promised land, into a new life and a new world. I don't know if they know exactly what they're getting into. Mm. Probably just that they're fed up with the corruption and oppression and anger. And instead of storming the halls of power, they go out to renew themselves. But what they find is the message that God delivers to Jesus, but through Jesus to all of us that we are beloved. That's, you know, they might not know what repentance means as they begin their journey, but, you know, repentance comes upon us. The changing of our mind comes upon us because love descends on us. And, um, and that is how we begin anew. And we take that from the wilderness back into the world. Uh, Jesus goes from, from this, well, he goes deeper into the desert, actually, but he's tempted with all the worldly, um, with all the worldly temptations to power and greed and violence and might, and he goes through that trial, and then he goes back into the world to heal and love and feed and and serve. Um, yeah, we start. It's a great way to start a new year. Well, it, yes, it's a it's a great way. One, uh, two more points that I would that I would make about this that I love is that it says that um, all the people from Jerusalem came out to John the Baptist to be baptized, and the the thing that I would like to emphasize is all the people. Right? This is like this is John the Baptist saying, uh, getting back to what um, I think Anita said you know, about, about racism in the United States. This is, this is John the Baptist. This is a story about how, um, how we are, all of us invited to the party of God. We're all invited to this new relationship that's based on love, this rebirth, this reawakening that everyone is invited to on the same level. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get into this, like, all lives matter. That's not a, at all what I'm saying, right? Mm -hmm. But everyone's invited. You know, there's nobody who is excluded from this party uh, that that John the Baptist is having. It reminds me of Malcolm X when he went on the Hajj, um, right? Mm -hmm. And before that, he was he was in this um, had this kind of identity that was hostile towards other people, and then he goes on the Hajj and he sees all these different people who are there and he's able to identify with all of humanity in this one event and radically changes his life. Um, I see something similar happening here with all the people uh, coming out to John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. Who is who's about as marginalized as they come living yeah. in the desert and 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 wearing um what must not be a comfortable outfit and eating bugs and honey um you know he's he's about as marginalized as as they come and 
the crowds are going to him and a new life is beginning um is beginning first you know with him present but ultimately through jesus who who is as marginalized as they come to he's born in he's born in a filthy stable among animals and driven away as a as a as a child um driven away to Egypt um, to avoid being put to death. And, and um, so here's a new community starting in the desert around a madman and a refugee who will be killed as a criminal. And um, the new life is beginning with the most marginalized. Um, and right now, if the people who are storming the halls of power are you know if, if this is yeah you know, i agree that this is a referendum on on racial justice if if this is what the last throes of either white supremacy or um gosh i i'm sorry i shouldn't have put it that way because this is not the last throes there will be you know this is not the end by any means but you know if this is how people are trying to hang on to power by storming the halls of power, um, something new is happening already. You know, the heavens are being torn apart and God is with us already and God is ever descending on us. But that's not, you know, that is the spirit of love that is always continually breaking through. And, um, you know, the real changes might not happen on the steps of Capitol Hill or within the building, um, which is not to say that we can't, that we shouldn't push for progress there too. But I mean, I, I really feel that the real changes are, are happening, not, not necessarily there, but all over the world in, in, more humble places and more unexpected places and more wilderness type places. Yeah. Here's one of the cool things that I see changing in this passage too, which is kind of the thrust of where I think Christianity goes and from its Jewish roots as well is uh, John is wearing camel hair and it's easy to miss this. Uh, I get this from James Allison, our friend, gay Catholic mm -hmm. friend, James, says that uh, the camel hair, camel is an unclean animal in, in Jewish, it's, it's ritually unclean. John the Baptist is uh, from a priestly family. He was supposed to be a priest in the temple. But what John does by putting on this camel hair is puts on the clothing of being unclean, right? Mm -hmm. so what he's doing here is he's identifying with everyone who has been accused by religion of being unclean or of being sinful. John takes this upon himself. And so if anyone watching this has ever been accused of being unclean, according to religion, John the Baptist is there with you. Jesus is there with you. That's what this is all about, to detoxify what religion has given us. Uh, and you get this within the Jewish tradition. I mean, it's, um, there are these laws in there, yes. And it's also like uh, Elijah is the one who 
who carries the the dead person because he loves this person. Uh, it takes the ritual uncleanness of carrying a dead person with him. John the Baptist does the same thing by putting on this camel hair, becomes unclean um, mm -hmm. in order to detoxify religion, to say religion is not about dividing the world up into who is clean and who is unclean. But to enter into this new rebirth that Lindsay's been talking about of, of, of getting rid of those categories of us and them, of using religion to marginalize people, but using religion as a motivation to, as Jesus will say later, love your neighbor as you love yourself, including those who are marginalized by religion or politics or economics. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, John the Baptist puts on puts on the unclean material and God puts on human flesh. If anyone had thought that human flesh was unclean, God puts on, you know, brown human flesh and, and is born in the midst of all the, all the blood and mess that anyone has ever born in and put in a feeding trough and I mean, the symbolism of, you know, God feeding us with God's own life is, of course, there. And, um, you know, whatever we may think is unclean is not found in all of these things. Um, uncleanliness is when our minds are infected by the violence and the fear and the just the idea that we're not loved and i mean this is this is um this is challenging all of that this is contradicting all of that this unclean man baptizes jesus and he receives a message of love and that message extends to all of us um and you know we go out in this new year beginning with that message of love that's how we start the year we are loved and um when we're secure in that knowledge we can have the courage to you know to do all the work that it takes to make the world a more loving place and that that includes praying for the people on capitol hill that they'll recognize the love within themselves too and that they recognize that that love is is not exclusive it can't love can't just be for you for love to really be love it has to embrace the whole world so as we pray for them we pray that they will embrace their their neighbors and their you know <laughs> stop trying to violently overturn what i really really hope is a progression towards equality and justice. Absolutely. So thank you for this, Lindsay, and thank you everybody for watching and for your comments uh, on this difficult day um, that we've had here. And uh, appreciate uh, you all being here and we will do it all again next Wednesday at five o'clock central and three o'clock pacific as we continue our bible study into the year 2021 until then grace and peace be with you peace be with you
Jesus Unmasked is produced by the Raven Foundation, where we talk about faith and mimetic theory. Check out more of our work at ravenfoundation.org. You can connect with Raven on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you liked this episode, feel free to share it with your friends or your enemies, because Jesus calls us to love them too.